Welcome to the Radically Embodied Love Podcast. Get ready to enter the portal of your cosmic heart so you feel bliss, joy, and union within. With each episode, you will learn practical ways to embody love in your life so it is felt and experienced. Co-hosted by Nasreen Barbeck and Jessica Falcon. Hello and welcome to Radically Embodied Love podcast. This is Nasreen Barbeck with my lovely co-host Jessica Falcon. And today we're going to talk about what it means to embody our divinity. So in my opinion, embodying our divinity means to fully awaken to our true nature and that divine being that we are. And it really involves living in alignment with that divinity. And of course, we're going to talk about what does that mean, our own journey, and what we have been called into, to how to fully become who we want to be, who we are in truth, what we are also awakening to that essence that is infinite, untouchable, loving, and is always there and is not affected by outer circumstances and how we can actually become aware and live in that truth. So I guess it's a journey of self-discovery, self-empowerment, spiritual growth, and connecting with that inner essence that is always there. So mm-hmm. Jessica, I want to hear about your definition of what is that means to you to embody divinity. Yeah, I love your definition. It's so hard in a way to encapsulate this in words, isn't it? This, mm-hmm. you know, for me, the, and I imagine for you, Ness, that the journey to embodying our divinity is so in a way mysterious. And it's something I've had to continually surrender and let go into over and over and over because because in this life, I've never experienced that before. So it is completely new. It's like constantly making a jump off a cliff and trusting that we're going to be held, trusting we're going to grow wings, trusting we're going to fly. So what does that mean, right? Like I imagine all of you listening, what does that mean for you to embody your divinity? Well, what is the divinity? What are we talking about? right? We all have different words for what we consider the divine. For me, I mean the divine as in God, source, creator, the unified field of love, the source point of all that is. Maybe you have your own definition, right? But whatever that definition is for you, for me, In order to embody our divinity, we have to believe that we are that, that we are one with that, that we are one with the divine, not separate. And 
at the time our own innate divinity was denied, we were also separated from our bodies and our bodies were no longer deemed divine and we were no longer deemed divine and the earth was no longer deemed divine and life was no longer deemed divine. And that created the separation consciousness on this planet that in order to heal, we have to embody our divinity. And that is the reclamation of the feminine as divine that is coming back into union. So what does that look like on an individual level? For me, that is to anchor your soul light into your body. The soul is the individuated aspect of the divine that is you. So to anchor that light of the divine in your physical form, which is essentially to go into your body, which is a portal to the divine, to access your soul's light, your soul's truth, your soul's knowing, your soul's wisdom, so that over time you reunite body and soul into one integrated whole. And as you create this reunification of body and soul, it requires that you then align every aspect of who you are to this soul divine truth. As we were talking about before we hit record, our choices, our words, our actions, all become aligned, which we can talk more about in detail, all become aligned to this soul's knowing. Now, the soul is going to come up through our heart, through our body. And that's where the alignment part can become tricky because we are wanting to understand it and make sense of it. And we want to live these rational lives. Well, you can't on this path. You cannot make sense of it because embodying our divinity requires that we trust the invisible realm, that we allow the invisible nature of the divine that permeates all things to be what guides us. Well, that means we don't necessarily physically see it. We can't even have other people see it. We receive that divine wisdom from within. And then we have to trust that. So it's a journey of trusting the self so that we can then trust it more than what we see with our physical eyes. And so what that does over time is it then unifies the invisible and visible, right? It then unifies our body and soul. It unifies our inner masculine and our feminine. It unifies our humanity with our divinity. And that's what it means to me to embody our divinity. Yeah, a couple of things you said. I don't necessarily think we need to just believe it. We can actually experience it. We can absolutely experience, you know, there is a path, direct path, that when you align and ask the question, who am I, the I am within me, and really just going to the source, which become evidence, is the awareness, is the witness, which I experienced when I had a near-death experience, which I literally saw my body. I was witnessing without any emotion. It was very impersonal. 
everything that was happening in that room when I went to coma. That I recognized after coming out of it that that was my true self, which as an experience that I have had a couple of times, that my body, I no longer witness my body and witness that pure consciousness. They don't last long. But we can, we can all experience that and really for ourselves validate that truth within ourselves. And of course, intuition is part of it. When we are aligned with that truth and that requires us to actually be in present moment so we can receive that divine guidance because when in, we are in the past or future, we're nowhere. There's only now, an infinite now. And when we are aligned in that present moment within us, then we can tap into that divine guidance, intuition that sh shows up. But those are all experiences. They're not just belief. You can literally experience those that guides you. But the more we trust, as you said, and let's go and surrender, the more we actually receive those guidances. And in that sense, I think it's something we can, it's accessible to all of us. That inner wisdom, that truth with capital T is within us and it is accessible. That's why I said it is a journey of self-discovery, self-empowerment, because we do need to really wanting that union that we seek, which I think we all seek. We might think that we're seeking the love from somebody and we want the union with somebody, but it, it is in deeper level, level, level is the seeking, is the seeking of our um, uniting with our divine self. Mm -hmm. I think when we have those experiences, whether it be in meditation or a near-death experience or miraculous healing or, you know, I've had the experience of the divine so deeply so many times I can't even count. And I still have to believe it when I'm aligning my reality to that before I can see it manifest. And so... Like when my soul is asking me to do something, something only I can see, only I can hear, only I can know. And it is shifting the way I've done things permanently. Like it's nothing I've even experienced in the past to trust that before I can see it physically, before it's tangible. I can feel that guidance. I can feel the energy. I can feel the vibration. I can tap into the frequency, but it's not physically in front of me yet. And I have to believe that that guidance from my soul is true no matter what. And I have to act that way, choose that way, walk that way, take that leap into the unknown, no matter how long it takes for that thing to say manifest or that experience to come. Because I have to believe that my knowing is true and be willing no matter what anybody else says no matter what anybody else thinks right to anchor into that knowing 
and not let my fear or distrust or what everybody else's perception of reality is be what dictates mine. And I think that's where on this spiritual path, because if you're listening, you're on a spiritual path, because what is spirituality? Love. What is embodying your divinity? Embodying love, right? Radically embody love podcast. So if you're listening, you're on a spiritual path, whether you call it God, whether you call it love, whether you call it spirit, it doesn't matter what you call it. And when we are on this path, it requires that we have so much faith in the knowing, in the experience, in the connection to our own soul, our own inner truth, because the majority of people on this planet don't yet see that and act that way and live that way. And so you might perceive reality completely different than your family members, maybe even from your partner, from your coworkers, from your professional community. You might perceive reality completely differently. And to allow your inner truth to be your compass and your guide and to stand in the face of criticism and judgment becomes a necessary part of this path. Yeah, trusting, right? The aspect of really trusting what you're receiving. And I think mm -hmm. I there is the aspect of, as you mentioned, worrying about what others might say. Right, and not really living to that truth that you know deep down inside, but you there is that fear that wanting to belong, and you know that in a way, well, the truth that is is your knowing, but it takes time to trust it. it, takes time to step into it fully and trust it, and no longer really. Yeah, getting to the point you don't care really what others say because you are standing in that truth and you know it deep within in your experience that it, and that knowing is so solid that you no longer compromise yourself. But that's the journey. That's the you know journey of self-empowerment and spiritual growth that we all, you know, we have been on for a while and you know, we all go through the different aspects of it. And as we grow, then in that path, uh, we are asked to step in it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And for us, we were talking about this, that our action need to be aligned with what we know to be truth. And that's easier than done right? There's the old habit kicks in. And so what is it we are basing it on? As you mentioned, love, compassion, interconnectedness, oneness, the truth of oneness. And if we're making decision, we can always take that extra, you know, step of noticing, am I taking this? based on love, which includes self-love, and the love for goodness of all? Or am I taking this action based on fear or in a selfish manner? 
which is still at the end doesn't serve us. So it's like constantly re-examining our own actions and the way we live our life daily. It is constant. It's in, as you said, every present moment, because we can't be embodying our divinity when we're not in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And we can't be in the present moment when we're in our head. We have to be in our body to embody our presence here and now, which then allows that communication, right, to come in. And 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 going back to what you said about alignment, Nasty, made me think of all the times in my life when my soul has asked me to do something that felt, still often feels so scary, particularly in a world like the one we live in and to constantly it's often as if I feel I'm constantly being asked to have the faith to walk on water like that level of faith and I remember when I first got the soul calling to like I'd had experiences with my soul all throughout growing up it would come to me, I would have a dream, I'd have a vision, I'd have a soul memory, or I'd feel protected by my angels. I'd have, you know, these kind of quote, random experiences, but I wasn't considering myself on a spiritual path or even really knew what to call the soul. Like it wasn't part of my consciousness at that time, even though it was happening. And which I think is pretty common for us. And so when I was practicing law and I got that soul calling to leave the legal profession and go away for three months, I was like, okay, this is just crazy. I mean, this is so irresponsible. Who could do that? Why would I do that? So instead I didn't listen because I tried to rationalize it, right? I tried to make it my ego comfortable and feel safe. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna leave the profession entirely. I'm not going to go somewhere for three months. I'm just going to change jobs and do something that feels like it's more, quote, soul aligned. And that should be fine, right? As if my soul could compromise itself and what it actually wanted so I could stay safe and do what the rest of the world thought I should be doing, what my mind thought I should be doing, because it's what we're all told to do is to get a job and work so many hours and get a paycheck and have a home and have kids and have a partner. And we're supposed to buy these things to be happy. It's a very cookie cutter way of living that ignores the soul completely. And yet I was trying to fit my soul reality. I still sometimes find my head trying to fit their soul reality into this made up weird reality. We've somehow created and agreed to on this planet and that didn't serve me well because I ended up in a dark night of the soul and a complete depression. I couldn't get off the floor. I could barely move my body. I couldn't go into the new office I just created and signed up for. I, I didn't want to work on anything because my soul was like, hey, knock, knock. You ignored me. Knock, knock. I'm going to keep knocking. Knock, knock until you finally surrender. Knock, knock. Are you awake yet? Knock, knock. Are you going to surrender yet? Till eventually, two years after I got the calling, I finally am on my living room floor like, okay, fine, you know, like, fine. But it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. It was not an easy journey. And that level of oh, surrendering to soul 
to align to my divinity, to embody my divinity, has asked me to walk literally almost on water over and over. You know, similarly, when I was with my ex-husband, my soul was begging me to leave for the last two months. Up until then, I knew it was aligned. It was exactly what my soul wanted. It was exactly what my soul needed to experience. I was clearing karma. I was healing my soul. I was reclaiming my power. But then it got to the point, the last two months, where I knew it was time to go, but I was too afraid. Same thing, right? Very same thing. And again, my soul eventually was like, your soul is at stake. I don't care if you're homeless. You are safer on the street. Your soul is at stake. And I continue to live that way. And it's never quite been fully understood by my family. It's even with my dear soul friends. No one else can ever fully understand mm -hmm your soul and its path. It is so unique. And that's why that level of trust, that level of faith, that level of devotion, that's it. Devotion, devotion to your soul, devotion to your soul's freedom, devotion to embodying my divinity, that devotion over and over and over and over, because is there anything else that matters more? No, I would say no. And I love your story because first of all, nobody says a spiritual path is easy path. You know, we both have had similar experience. When I was going through my journey, I was a NASA engineer, married, beautiful house from outside. My life looked perfect. But there was this uneasiness, as you mentioned, the call keep coming back to me. And it's interesting because I think the path chooses you and it gives you no choice because I had no choice. I literally, thing would happen in my life that I had no choice but say, I can no longer do this work. Then I had to go give my two weeks. I have to leave the relationship. I have to leave this life, which you say nobody understood. I couldn't understand why. But I feel like I had this calling it was so strong within me that I couldn't resist it. And I had to take the chance and do it. Because as you mentioned, the calling was constant. I couldn't ignore it. So I don't still understand. And today as to the to the way that it happened, I know that it had to happen that way. I mm -hmm. know that sooner or later, no matter how <laughs> much resistant I would have put, then I would, I think if I put more resistance, it would show up as a physical um, illness in my body, you know? So it happened but, to me. <laughs> yeah, because I had to just let go and surrender. And I, I remember the time, the moment that it happened, I said, okay, I give up. <laughs> I give up. I'm just going to surrender to see what it's been asking of me, you know? So, and that's when, and here's, you and I gone through all this, right? We left the security of a job, a paycheck, and they're all of it, right? But we still want to do it because with all of that, that inner joy, that inner peace that comes is worth it. That knowing, that joy, I have never had this. You know, with everything that's going on, that trust, that inner knowing, 
that it keeps me going. And I'm willing to even give up more. Whatever is asked of me, I am willing to give it up. So it is hard, but I don't want to discourage anybody because that's why it's worth it. That's why is we all need to take that journey. And I don't think there is any other way. We either have to live in a world that it is as it is with wars and disharmony, or we can all take this journey, find the inner peace that is there already. It's like, it's not that we are just not aware of it. Peace is our nature. The love is our true nature. But we have conditioned to believe otherwise because we are brought to all the fears that are out there. So if we take the journey and become who we truly are, that's the only way that we can someday live in a world that is in harmony. If we stop believing the separation that you and I are different, that don't, we don't see that oneness, that what I do affect everybody, what what's going on out there affects me. I do not live in isolation. I cannot protect myself individually, having all by myself. Sooner or later, it's going to catch up with me because there is universal law of interconnectedness. And then when I have the love for myself, and I have it for everybody because I see that innate unity and innate divinity within them as well, then how can I not love them? How can I want to harm them, right? So this is the journey that you and I both are passionate about and encourage everybody. And we all have our, we had our guides and we are now guides for others. But more than ever now in this time in the world, we need to re resolve all the inner conflict within ourselves so we can resolve it with our loved one and in a bigger picture because the outcome doesn't look good. We're going to go through a lot of suffering if we don't wake up to who we truly are, our true na nature, the divinity within us. And we can choose that suffering, eventually we'll get there, or we can to do it in an easier way and more joyful way. But that's the same way and you and I had no choice. Humanity had no choice. We can suffer until we wake up or we can choose to suffer less and do the work now. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's what you just said, right? Like we can suffer and stay the way we are, or we can choose to surrender, right? To that mm -hmm. soul knowing, to that soul truth. And it's the very same, going back to what you first started to share around, you know, it's not easy on the soul path. Well, what's not easy is the egoic death of everything we thought we knew and identified with and thought was all that was real. And what's like the soul is not suffering through that. The soul is cheering us on. The soul is gloriously happy that we have finally done what the soul wants us to do. But it's our human self that is like, oh no, 
This is how I knew myself. This is what I found my safety in. This is what I found my comfort in. This is what I found my love in. This is what I found my value in, right? It's the suffering of that. But more importantly, going back to, you know, we have this soul calling, we have this inner knowing. We suffer when we don't listen. So all of my two years of resisting, trying to make compromises, just prolonged the suffering and inner turmoil. Same the last two months before I left my ex-husband. It was my inner turmoil that created suffering because I didn't trust the voice of my soul, right? Mm-hmm. That is what we can end in ourselves. We can end our internal turmoil. We can end our own individual suffering when we stop clinging to the external, when we actually trust the internal, we let the internal be our compass. We look inside instead of looking outside and we actually trust that inner voice and act on it and choose it regardless of what anybody else thinks or says. And then when we do that, that is how we align to our divinity. That is how we embody our divinity. So I imagine it's similar for you. At this point in my journey, it doesn't take me two years or two months. It might take me a couple weeks to acclimate to a higher frequency, to do the journaling, meditations, introspection, to align my mind to my soul's knowing. Like it might take some time to create the inner coherence that is needed because that's the journey, constantly deepening and aligning. No matter how far along we are in this path, it is constant, but it's no longer resisting it. It's Mm -hmm. no longer distrusting it. It just, there are still some moments when I'm like, really? What? That? Okay, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) You know, I know you're also a yoga practitioner. And as you were saying, I was thinking it's the same thing in your journey, you know, that I remember. Like, the more you practice, you still practice in the same poses, more or less. When you find more alignment, more ease, more joy, more depth, right? It's the same thing. It's not that spirituality is changing i feel like i am more in alignment with it i'm becoming more embodied and in alignment with what i know to be truth is no longer in my head is no longer intellectual is really embodiment of that that is happening so it's like the progression is like more and more you becoming who you truly are Right, because you are this, you're literally, and you know, you mentioned this, and I want to say that because it is the struggle is the ego is not willing to let go, right? So that part of it is just being aware of it and not even finding it, just acknowledging it. I do that. I notice what I do. Something I'm oh, my ego wants to do that. Wants the acknowledgement. Wants this, like. So it's like you're noticing it, but you don't necessarily act on it. But you don't have to fight it. 
and you don't need, need to even say, oh, here we go again, the ego, or get upset about it, right? What you resist persists. But just be aware of it and notice it, but then you can act. That's why we said our action now needs to be aligned with who we truly are, not with the ego personality. And you were saying at the beginning, before we started to get caught, you were saying, it seems like I'm asking to let go of my personality, all of it, right? It's like, that's what we're talking about, right? It's like, you noticing, is this action based on your ego, which is fear? Or am I doing this, living my life based on my true self? And that's the journey we're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And bringing all of that in and through the body, accessing that soul through the body and anchoring your light into the body. Because the more we anchor our soul's light and truth into the body, everything, as you said, as we've been talking about, that's not that truth comes up. Everything that's not that truth comes up. So that's why, in a way, the more we're on this path, yes, we might do it more quickly. Yes, it's constant alignment. Because the deeper we go, in a way, like the deeper the things come up. But we can choose to not do this path, of course. We can choose to try to stay comfortable. It's a choice. And at some point, your soul is going to want to go home. And that's what this requires, is you returning to you. What is it to embody your divinity? You return to you. You return to your truth. You return to your own divinity. You return to love. You return to the truest essence of you. And you go home. You come home to yourself. You come home to love. You come home into that inner union with God, goddess, creator, source, all that is but it has to start here because if you're looking for union outside of you, you'll never find it. It'll be a constant reaching. You'll keep reaching. You'll keep reaching, but it's right here calling you, waiting for you, whispering to you, beckoning to you. If you're listening to this episode, it's because it's calling to you. And Maybe you're already on this path. Maybe you're far down this path. Maybe it's simply whispering and inviting you onto this path. Regardless of where you are in your journey, you don't have to do it alone. Both NASA and I offer support in this way to embody your divinity, to come home to you, to come home to love. There are other people out there. Just make sure that you are trusting yourself, your inner world, your inner wisdom. You are trusting you and acting on your soul's desires, doing the inner alignment, creating time and space to spend time with you. It is key. You cannot come home to your divinity if you're not spending time with your inner world. Well said, and I think we're going to live it to that. And uh, I want to encourage everybody to participate in journey that is taking you back home to yourself. And as Jessica said, it is an inner journey. And you and you alone can do it, but we can guide you. Thank you for listening. We would love it if you leave us comments. If you need any guidance, help, you can reach out to us. The information is always underneath of this show.